Music for the Beast Smith Podcast is brought to you by 16OS. You can check him out at im16os.com. That's im16os.com. Please don't be too late. Oh, you ain't know. You ain't know. Oh. Looking at the man right now. Looking at the man right now. Said we was coming and they see we wasn't playing right now. We ain't playing right now. Say I won't make it. You up with what you saying right now. Is you saying right now? I'm the man, right? Why y'all was worried about what was involved? It's James Brown. That's Prince. Michael Jackson. Be podcast. Once again, sorry about that long delay, but you know, life happens. Anyway, I'm back now, and this week we're going to have a really fun episode. At least it's going to be really fun for me, because as you can tell by the intro, I love music, man. And I love everything about it. You know, not just the music itself. Of course, that's great, and of course, that's the primary reason why it exists. Of course, you can't have music without actual music. But everything that comes along with it. The artists themselves and their personas are, for me, just as attractive as the actual music is. You know, I love the fact that all those guys I mentioned in the open, Michael Jackson, Prince and James Brown make great music. But just as much, I loved who they are. I love that Prince wore purple all the time. I love that Michael Jackson was kind of weird, that James Brown uh, was probably a, a jerk to the people who work for him, but he was the coolest guy in the room, so how could he not be? Everything along with the music really, really stands out to me and really makes the whole process fun. And I feel like one of the most fun eras of music was the New Jack Swing era. In case you don't know what I'm talking about, New Jack Swing was essentially most of the R&B and a little bit of the hip hop that you probably heard during the late 80s, um, all the way up through the early 90s. So overall a a relatively short period of time but again one that for me is really fun to look back on um, because of all the things that I like about music like I told you a second ago not just the music itself but also the personas that go with it and one of the biggest personas of that or any era was that of Bobby Brown that of Bobby Brown who at the time had just broken off from New Edition to embark on a solo career. And even though at the outset, he was really painted as the bad guy, and I mean, let's be honest, he probably was, he did really well on his own. So even though he went through that tough breakup with the group, it was actually the best thing that could have happened to him and probably to the rest of them as well. Um, That's a story for another podcast, but today we're gonna focus on Bobby Brown and uh, particularly his song My Prerogative and My Prerogative in my opinion is the greatest song of the New Jack Swing era maybe not but for argument's sake for this podcast we're gonna say that My Prerogative is the greatest song of the New Jack Swing era one of the most fun eras for me in all of music and um, I'm gonna tell you exactly why that is so we're gonna go into the song itself We're going to talk about the artist behind the song, Bobby Brown, and a lot of the people who made that song possible, who made the New Jack Swing era possible, uh, with a focus on Teddy Riley, the gentleman who many credit with actually creating New Jack Swing. So sit back, pull out your history books, pull out your textbooks, pull out your thinking caps. Y'all remember when they used to say that in elementary school, pull out your thinking caps? You're definitely going to want to pull out your thinking caps for this one, but also get comfortable Crank up your headphones because we are going back in time to one of the best eras in music, in my opinion. 
We're going to talk about a new Jack Swing. Coming up right here, it's the Beast Smith Podcast. Stick around. Right. It's hard to describe. He gave you, you know, you just, you just had to, you know, you just had to move. You know, like, certain times you can listen to R&B, like, oh, that's my jam, you know, whatever. When Teddy was like, oh, you know, you got your drink, you run into, ah, oh, that's my joint. The sound you just heard was from Kadar Massenberg, the former Motown Records executive, and he was describing the sound of New Jack Swing. New Jack Swing was revolutionary because it took two sounds in black music that had never been blended before, hip hop and R&B, and turned them into something completely different that still retained elements from its roots. You had black music being prominently featured on the radio, just like it had 30 years prior, um, but it was prominently featured on the radio. Prince, Michael Jackson, um, over on the hip-hop side, Run DMC, LL Cool J, the whole roster of Def Jam artists really were starting to make waves. But they existed in two still very unique and distinct worlds. It wouldn't be until much later that we saw these worlds really come together for the first time. And that was at the onset of New Jack Swing. So really with New Jack Swing, what you're doing is you're taking two unique things, right? It's like the first person who came up with peanut butter and jelly. These two things that are kind of in the same world, you know, they're in the condiment universe, but nobody up until this point had ever had the, the gall to say, what would happen if I put this peanut butter with this jelly? Not if I serve them on the same dish, but I actually put them together. What would that sound like? A young upstart would-be music producer named Teddy Riley out of Harlem, New York was bold enough to take those beats that he'd been using for a rap act and find out what would happen if he put it on R&B record. So to put it in today's context, this was... The following is an excerpt from Bobby Brown's recently released autobiography, Every Little Step. And in this audio clip, you'll hear him describe how he and Teddy Riley came up with the music for My Prerogative. He put down a pounding drum beat, and I immediately thought of this groove that had been bouncing around in my head for months. I would play with it every time I got on a keyboard. So when I heard Teddy's drum beat, I got on his keyboard and I played it for him. Dun, 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 dun. Teddy loved it. That became the unmistakable addictive hook for my prerogative, which many consider my signature song. In the song that announced the arrival of a pounding rhythmic hip-hop-inspired approach to R&B that came to be called New Jack Swing. So to put it in today's context, this was kind of like a reverse of Future, who is a rapper that will incorporate singing and melody into his rhymes. Um, again, think about the opposite when you're talking about the early stages of New Jack Swing. All of a sudden, these were R&B performers who were incorporating rapping hip-hop beats into their singing. Right. So we talked about everything in my prerogative really being a great representation of New Jack Swing. And of course, we can't talk any further without mentioning the man behind the song himself, Bobby Brown. So, Bobby Brown, to me, is a, a really great personification of that entire New Jack Swing era because, like we talked about at the opening, New Jack Swing was really the repurposing of something that already existed. Several things that already existed. And to me, Bobby Brown, at this point in his career, was a repurposed version of something that already existed in both a literal and a physical sense. A literal sense in that 
This wasn't his musical debut. He had been around before with New Edition, but this was a far cry from the Bobby Brown we heard in Mr. Telephone Man. In his book, he describes how his hair, which was uh, really one of his signatures, uh, one of his trademarks, was actually an accident. He says that he went to this famous barber in New York, who he normally got his hair cut from, and he just all of a sudden heard him say, oops, and it kind of ended up in the lopsided Gumby fade that he rocked for a few years that really helped him to stand out. Another aspect of his look was his dress, which stood in stark contrast to artists of the time like Prince, Michael Jackson, uh, DeBarge, uh, Rick James even, to where that androgynous thing, that androgynous phase that a lot of black male artists went through in the early 80s was kind of starting to go away. There was no doubt of his masculinity. And we saw that same thing with his contemporaries, like other guys from New Edition, like I'll Be Sure, like like Keith Sweat. We knew that these guys were um, tough, but they weren't dangerous. And that was what gave them the mainstream appeal that even at that point, hip hop had yet to achieve, or at least at the levels that we saw it achieve later. These guys were accessible, but they were still down, and that just made the popularity of the genre explode. Now let's get into my favorite part of any of these songs, and that's the actual video, and the one for my prerogative is the show. Because, again, just like everything else, it, it tells you all that New Jack Swing was about. The first way it does it is in the prominence of dancing in the video. In several videos of this area, whether it came from Bobby Brown, whether it came from Guy, whether it came from Belle Biv DeVoe, whether it came from Tony, 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 dancing moved from being something that was built up to, like we saw in a lot of Michael Jackson videos, the dance sequence was usually the, the big number at the end, like in Thriller, for example, um, like we even saw in a Prince video, and uh, when Doves Cry, the dance number again was what you built up to, it was a small portion of the entire thing. And it moved from that to being the primary piece. Now all of a sudden, guys weren't waiting until the end of the video to dance, they were doing it from the get-go, and they were going hard. Here's Bobby Brown talking about his dancing with Arsenio Hall. Who choreographed that video? Myself, yeah, I did it. Really? Yeah. So Gene Kelly, when he choreographed things, you know, you've seen it. Singing in the rain, singing in the rain, you know, and all that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah, that kind of, you know. <laughs> Gene Kelly was off into that. But you do something that I call, well, I guess we could, how about rock with your push-ups? <laughs> Gene Kelly at home like, <laughs> And if you need any more evidence, just take a look at any live performance from this era. It wasn't uncommon to find that sometimes the singers, especially Bobby Brown, would either not sing a verse or just kind of talk it out because they were too busy and too tired probably from dancing to actually perform it. No one can tell me what to do. It's Cause what I'm doing, I'm doing for you. Now, don't get me wrong. You know I'm not Sue, baby. Cause ego chips, that's not Bobby's thing. Cause all these strange relationships, they really get spread out. 
So to wrap things up, while my prerogative uh, for this podcast was the most important song, the song that really defined the New Jack Swing era, it's really only for the purposes of this podcast. There's several songs that you can make the argument about, and I'm actually planning on doing that in the future. Now, whether it's going to be here or whether it's going to be resurrecting my one episode video series, the, the uh, God, I can't even remember the name of it, Beastmith's Video Reviews, there you go, I'm really going to dig deep into this because again i feel like new jack swing was arguably the greatest music era of all time so that's going to do it for this episode don't forget you can check out other episodes of the beast smith podcast on soundcloud or on any other app that you download podcasts with and perhaps maybe coming soon the return of beast smith's video reviews thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time